We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. This is Sportsbeat AM, featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. Plenty to talk about. With Tyler this morning on Sportsbeat AM, I'm Darren Pritchett with the Notre Dame hockey team in Albany, New York, where the Irish will take on North Dakota in a regional semifinal tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Tyler covers Irish hockey as well as women's basketball, baseball, and, of course, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, as they continue to Turn out stories day after day after day on all these teams in action for the Fighting Irish. And, Tyler, we'll start with a little football conversation. You were a part of the media contingent that watched the first Notre Dame football spring practice. It occurred during my sports show. So I didn't get to go. So I'm like all Irish fans. I'm kind of curious to find out what you saw at that first practice. And let me start with the obvious question, Tyler. Fans are wondering about the quarterback position with Tyler Buckner and also Drew Pine. You got the young guy, Steve Angeli, in practice for the first time. What were your early takeaways from watching the quarterbacks last week? It definitely looked like Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine were 1A and 1B, and the goal this offseason is to you know settle on number one guy and make the other guy number two. I don't think that's going to happen particularly quickly so if you're a Notre Dame fan and you want this spring to settle that quarterback debate I mean it could happen stranger things have happened but for Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese I don't think there's much sense in rushing through it this spring and saying all right we've seen 15 practices and this has to be the guy so yeah we've only seen one practice this spring so far and Uh, They didn't do a whole lot. We actually did not see a quarterback throw the ball to a wide receiver for the entirety of the 30 minutes or so that we were out there. So that'll kind of give you a glimpse as to what we saw. But it was good to see all four of those scholarship guys kind of huddled together going through uh, some dropbacks. And look, yeah, they threw passes to some look like graduate assistants or just some uh, support staff guys out there. And I mean, when they're throwing on air and they're throwing to coaches who are stationary, these guys were, uh, you know, they they had their arms stretched out and they said, hit me right here like they were a wide receiver. They weren't just kind of standing flat-footed and said, hit me in the chest. So there were some accuracy things that these quarterbacks went through. And quite frankly, all four of them looked pretty good in that regard. But uh, the main thing that stuck out to me with the quarterbacks was Tommy Reese was not shy to stop a drill in its tracks, uh, even if it was, you know, projected fourth stringer Ron Palace, who was was going through the dropbacks, Tommy Reese would get in there and say, no, 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 this is how it's supposed to look. And he would do it a couple times himself. Remember, this guy 
isn't too far removed from being in their shoes. So that helps. And it was just interesting to see how all four of these guys with Tommy Reese uh, were working together. And, and Marcus Freeman was a part of that too. Uh, we get a lot of really good footage for our blueandgold.com uh, YouTube page. And uh, every time I was kind of filming the quarterbacks, it looked like Marcus Freeman would pop in the background and he had his arms <laughs> crossed and whistle in his mouth. And you could tell that he wants to be a part of this process in determining who the starting quarterback is. And as a defensive head coach, that, that's a really cool thing to to watch because obviously Brian Kelly was going to be a part of it, but you wondered what Marcus Freeman's role in it would be. And uh, everything he said in his uh, post-practice press conference indicated that he wants to be a big part of it. Tyler, we know all about the Tyler Buckner high school resume. Irish fans have been waiting for this young man to become the starter for a couple of years. We got a glimpse at his ability last year. Then you've got Drew Pine, the guy that came in the Cincinnati game to help out late in that ball game and also a part of the win at Soldier Field against Wisconsin. Then we didn't see him again. I think we got the sense that the Irish coaching staff likes this guy. They preserved a year of eligibility. And I would have to think, Tyler, despite all of the hoopla surround Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine still has a lot to say about who the starter is this year. Absolutely. And I spent 20 minutes uh, this past Saturday. We had availability with Reese, Buckner and Pine, uh, blueandgold.com kind of divided, you know, divide and conquer type situation with all the boots on the (laughs) ground that we have in South Bend. So I was assigned to Pine and, uh, you know, I was kind of happy about that because I I do think he's in a unique situation where he's been here a couple years. He's going into his third season and if there's ever been a time where it looks like he could actually maybe win the starting job, it would be now because he wasn't going to win out over Ian Book. He wasn't going to win out over Jack Cohn. So right now he's battling a guy that's only been here for one year. And yeah, Tyler Buckner got a lot of really good experience last year, but there was never really a situation outside of Virginia Tech where you thought, okay, yeah, Tyler Buckner might be the starting quarterback of this team at some point this year. And if you put yourself back into that time in, in mid-October, people were saying the same thing about Drew Pine. He had just come in against Wisconsin and uh, kind of preserved that victory. And then he came in against Cincinnati and nearly led Notre Dame back from a 17-0 deficit. So I think Drew Pine is more than capable. Uh, I think the worry with Drew Pine is that maybe he does have a little bit of a ceiling in some of the things that you saw against mm-hmm. Wisconsin and Cincinnati. That may be as good as it gets. And – Obviously, it wasn't good enough to get a victory over the Bearcats, and that kept a, you know, that kept the Fighting Irish out of the college football playoff. But the sample size is too small to say, yeah, this guy is never going to have what it takes to be a starting quarterback at Notre Dame. So this offseason is all about you know, figuring out how high that ceiling could be, not necessarily how low it can be. Obviously, you want him to progress, and I don't think he's done getting better as a quarterback. Obviously, Tyler Buckner is, is definitely not done getting better mm-hmm. as, a, as a quarterback, and there's so much progression to be had there. So that's what makes this quarterback battle so fun is that you've got two inexperienced guys, relatively young guys, both of them, and they're both fighting for the same thing. They want to be better. They want to be complete quarterbacks. You know, Drew Pine doesn't want to be the, okay, let's throw this guy in there because he's got some moxie and maybe he can rally the team. Tyler Buckner doesn't want to be the, okay, the offense is sputtering a little bit. We need to throw this guy in there because he can do some dynamic things that none of the other quarterbacks on the roster can do. They want to be total quarterbacks. That's what this offseason is about, is about 
getting them to that point. Talking Notre Dame football with Tyler Horka, the Irish football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm going to combine my Sports Beat AM Twitter questions of the day from the last two days and ask you to give your response to the questions. Yesterday I asked, will the Irish in 2022 go past last year's rushing average of 143 yards per game, and they would do that without Kyron Williams, of course. So over or under 143 rushing yards per game. And today's question is, who will lead the team in rushing yards this year? I gave listeners Tyree or Diggs. How would you answer those two questions? I would say to the first one, I would probably go over. I think this team is more than capable of – averaging roughly 150 yards a game. And I know that's not much more than 143, but it's more. And you just look at what the team averaged. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but everyone remembers those first six games of the season last year, first four or five at least. And the rushing averages were were dreadful because the offensive line struggled so much. I genuinely believe that Harry Heastan coming in, and it's not just Harry Heastan returning as the offensive line coach. It's all of the guys that he has to work with who are returning too. This will be – even with two sophomores starting at tackle, you believe Joe Alton, Blake Fisher. I think this is a pretty experienced group at offensive line. I think it's a group that knows what they're doing. They're going to know even more what they're doing with he stand coaching them, I believe. So from the offensive line standpoint, blocking for guys like Tyree and Diggs, I think they're, they can average around 150 yards per game because it'll be a little bit more consistent from start to finish. And then to answer your second question, this may be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm going to go with Logan Diggs, the sophomore, just based mm. on what I saw uh, down the stretch of last season. I think he's uh, he's a good-looking back physically. He got valuable experience as a, as a freshman. And I know Chris Tyree did as well. But, you know, at this point, Chris Tyree's freshman year in 2020 is uh, way in the past. And we're looking at what he did as a sophomore in 2021. In 2021 and that turf toe injury really hampered his progression and – Logan Diggs was the guy that kind of took advantage of that. And that's not to say that Chris Tyree is going to have a a bad season by any means. I think Tommy Reese is going to get him involved in other ways. I think he's going to be one of the leading um, receivers on this team in terms of yards. I would not be shocked if he ranked maybe third on the team in receiving. I think Michael Mayer is going to lead the team in receiving. One of these wide receivers will step up and be number two. Chris Tyree has everything in his arsenal to be number three, catching balls out of the backfield, line him up in the slot. I think he's going to be kind of a utility guy that's going to lend to a little bit less rushing yards. But Logan Diggs is, is more than capable of stepping up and, and taking the, the throne there. It's not going to be a, a, or a, a Kyron Williams 1,000-yard season for sure. either of those guys. But I think combined, they'll do good things on the ground. And like I said, I think Chris Tyree is going to do good things just overall in the offense. Yeah, to add on to your comments, if Buckner's the starter, that enhances the running game as well. Well, Tyler, you write for Blue and Gold Illustrated about Notre Dame women's basketball. Crazy. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a Notre Dame team that was down 41-3 to in the second quarter at home to Louisville. And you move forward a couple of weeks, the same team beats a quality Oklahoma team on their home floor in round two of the NCAA tournament by 44 by putting up 108. How do you put that into perspective? It's just a team peaking at the right time. And Neil Ivey has 
caught a lot of slack from some fans, especially when, yeah, when you lose by, uh, I guess they only lost by 20-something to Louisville that day, but they were down by 40-plus for uh, large stretches of that second quarter, and it was a little bit embarrassing, but just the turnaround has been amazing for this team. They're playing awesome at the right time. You look at that game against Oklahoma, Notre Dame had three players score 20 or more points, and these are all three different types of players. Dara Mabry did what she did and making seven three-pointers, scoring 29 points. Freshman Sonia Citron scored 25 points. 11 of those came at the free throw line. She was 11 of 11 from the line. And then Maya Dodson scores 20 points on 11 shots, just basically unguardable in the post. Uh, it, it's going to be a different challenge against NC State, a team that Notre Dame, Notre Dame has already beaten uh, in the Sweet 16 because NC State – just the the inside out inside out game that NC State has is is unlike anything Notre Dame has seen since they played NC State. So uh, they have one of the better post players in Alyssa Cunane, and then Diana Johnson can really light it up as a guard from pretty much everywhere on the floor. So uh, this was the best weekend of the Notre Dame season. It's been a really good season, but just to see. Olivia Miles drop a triple-double in that first game against UMass and then get close to doing it again against Oklahoma. She was only, I think, a point away and, and three rebounds away. She had nine, seven, and 12 assists. So mm. there's just so many great individual performances that Neil Ivey is getting out of this team right now, and they're all coming together to uh, to play really good team basketball. And like I said, you know, to advance to the Elite Eight, to be the number one seed like NC State, you're going to need to keep playing really good team basketball but man talk about a team that's peaking at the right time and you love to see it for Neil Ivy just based on everything that happened last year for some stretches of this season um at this point everything else is icing on the cake for this team it's it's been a really successful season and it could springboard them into 2022-23. Tyler in about 30 seconds a quick thought your expectations for Notre Dame hockey this weekend. I think it was really big for them to avoid Michigan in the draw, in the regional. You just don't want to play a team six times. You saw the Wolverines put the clamps down a little bit and say enough is enough in the in the Big Ten semifinals. So it's a pretty good draw. I think in college hockey, just get in and, and see what happens. And I think that Notre Dame could easily make some noise in this tournament because they play so well defensively. They're getting good goaltending from Matt Goleida. And then this is really a four-line team, so – it's going to be interesting to watch them on Thursday night. I know you're excited. I can't wait myself. Tyler, how about that dollar offer that continues at blueandgold.com? It's the best deal in sports. I've said it probably five times on your show. <laughs> uh, you pay $1, you get 12 years of premium access to every single Notre Dame sport that uh, is, you know, makes big news on this campus. We cover it all. I truly believe that we cover it like nobody else in the business, nobody else on the beat. So, Go to blueandgold.com, sign up for $1, and you'll get all of this football, basketball, uh, hockey, baseball. It's all there. So you can't beat it if you're a Fighting Irish fan. Tyler, good to catch up with you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Enjoy the hockey game, Darren. I can't wait.